Hello, my fellow fallible humans. My name is Tanya McIntyre, and this is the Red Roof Recovery Show, a program to soften the path of recovery from substance and behavioral addictions. And it's not just for addictions, it's for life. I appreciate you spending the next few minutes here as I'm joined in conversation with my life partner, my best friend, I call him Sir Lancelot. Uh, Lance has been my knight in shining armor and uh, he's been with me for over 30 years. Much of that was lived experience through my drug and alcohol addictions. We offer thoughtful conversation about a variety of recovery topics. You're gonna to hear science-based approaches to build a life beyond addiction, a life that you don't need to escape from. There are literally hundreds of tools that you can choose to manage your recovery in life. The key, one of my favorite acronyms, keep educating yourself until you find something that works for you and then you just want to do more of it preferably on a daily basis uh, my darling Lancelot what are we talking about on this episode of the Red Roof Recovery Show so I thought we'd talk about tis the season to be jolly and we know that every depiction of jolly is a rotund man with normally a glass of wine or something in his hand so you talk about the FOMO factor, the fear of missing out. Yes. Which in this season is a big thing. So I was thinking maybe we could talk about some tools to possibly turn that around. Absolutely. As you know, I love acronyms and I know they annoy the heck out of you. Uh, so we are recording this in December of 2022. So we're heading into the holidays. And of course, we talk to a lot of people who are feeling a lot of anxiety around that because holidays, as you say, are connected to jovial times that are attached to normally alcohol. So we're inundated with messages that we need a substance to be social, right? It's called social lubricant for a reason. So how do we turn FOMO, fear of missing out, into JOMO, joy of moving on? therein lies the secret to success well i know when we came back from uh from spain and you'd come out of rehab and weren't drinking so obviously i wasn't drinking as well and i went out with some buddies and it was early on in the year but i went out with some buddies to reconnect and we went to a bar and we drank most of the afternoon and I, as we were leaving, I got my car keys out and they said, you, you can't drive. You've been drinking all afternoon because most people don't actually take any notice of what you're drinking. So I've been drinking non-alcoholic beer all afternoon because most people in their season, if you go somewhere, the first thing they say, what do you want to drink? It's, it's just a natural thing. And a lot of people, when you, if you say an orange juice or, or some other type of thing, why aren't you drinking? There's always that question I've found. So I always found that if I bought my own beer, no one questioned it. You'd stand around and you'd be looking like everyone else. And you know, that was my way of coping with the, the unwanted questions. Hmm. And seeming to fit in. Yeah, that's a, that's a good strategy. Absolutely. Um, so I would encourage you then to ask 
why it's so important for you to fit in in a social setting. That's that's worth some contemplation, first of all. And the danger of falling into that trap of, you know, holding on to a wine glass or a beer bottle, even if it's something non-alcoholic, is that it, you know, it can be a placebo, it can be effective. However, we also have a saying in recovery circles that if you sit in the barber chair long enough, you're going to get a haircut. So the, the secret, I think, is to reprogram our mind to not fall into those comfort zones of needing that beer bottle or that wine glass or that champagne glass, even if it's filled with something less harmful. Um, you're trying to break that habit and reprogram your mind to accept your new life, a life that you won't need to escape from. So I've talked to people, countless people, about how they do that. They go into a social setting, into an environment that makes them uncomfortable to begin with. So they're feeling anxious and they're stressed out about what am I going to do? You know, when I used to come here, I used to go for the glass of wine or go for the bottle of beer or whatever it is. And they'll order, um, what do they call them? A mocktail, um, a virgin, whatever. Mm -hmm. And what sometimes happens is that when bartenders get busy, they can't remember what's going in where. And if you order a mocktail, chances are there's a 90% chance that you're going to get some booze in there if the bartender is busy. And Mm -hmm. countless people have told me that they ordered a non-alcoholic mocktail and it came with booze in it and they drank it because they thought, oh, well, hmm, I can probably just get away with one. So I discourage falling into that habit of going to a place and saying, oh, I'll just get a non-alcoholic beer or I'll get a mocktail. You need to decide, plan and act. Decide you're going to change your behavior. Decide you're going to stay sober. Plan. What am I going to do when I get uncomfortable? Cravings and urges don't last long. They're a temporary discomfort. You're teaching yourself to ride the waves of this discomfort because it's going to be part of your life. And The longer you abstain from harmful substances and behaviors and creating new habits, the easier it's going to become. They become fewer and far between. I'm four years now abstinent. I don't have cravings and urges anymore. I'm grateful for that. So the longer you can abstain, the longer you can work on reprogramming these new neural networks to override those old pathways that were taking you into behaviors that uh, would be feeding your addictions then you're going to be creating these new neural networks to uh, help you default to a way of thinking that's going to just direct you to better habits. That's the key. I've never really thought because I, you know, I don't have a problem with alcohol. Um, yeah, you wouldn't think about it, right? But I wouldn't think I, about I, it. I, people it who are true. in recovery, it's worth contemplating why Is it important that you fit in? Why are you going for a non-alcoholic whatever when the whole objective in recovery is to create new habits, create a new life, one that you don't need to escape from? Yeah, I suppose for me, it was, I was saying, in Spain, when we first started, you'd go, you know, I was working, so I'd go out with the guys and wanted to support you. So, and I just got tired of the questions. Why aren't you, you know, because honestly, until you 
you started to become more comfortable in your recovery and start speaking about it, basically, I just got tired of skirting around, around things. So to hold a mock beer was, and I know drink beer, so you know the cocktail thing doesn't really fall into my category. But I just got tired of. But I can understand, as you say, if you do have a problem with a substance or alcohol, that that putting a placebo that looks like what you're trying to give up has the possibility of pushing you in the wrong direction. Yeah. So why tempt fate? Yeah. And so what, I found, Sorry, what I found over four years is that it's actually quite fun watching people get drunk. <laughs> you know, when people say you can't have fun going to a party and not drinking, I found it's actually more amusing. <laughs> yes, and start appreciating uh, life's new capabilities when you're building your resolve, you're strengthening those tools you've got your toolbox and now you can you've got this arsenal of things that you can go to when you're challenged with cravings and urges and you can celebrate that i i uh, after a while i thought why am i dreading a craving or an urge every time i get a craving and urge and learn to ride that wave it's actually strengthening my resolve my resilience it's making me stronger so instead of dreading them invite them Learn to ride those waves. And after a while, you're going to be surfing and having a ball. Very good. So I suppose the, the message is enjoy the season. Decide, plan, act. Decide to stay sober, plan to stay sober, and act to stay sober. Keep all your actions aligned with your plan and your decision, and you'll be fine. Yeah. And you'll enjoy it. Absolutely. And part of the planning is having something ready for the people who say, oh, you're not drinking? Nope, I'm driving. Um, I'm on medication. Uh, I've decided to be sober for a while. I'm having a sober December or whatever. So mm. instead of dreading something, invite it and have a plan to handle it. Yeah. Forearmed is definitely a good strategy. Forewarned is forearmed. Yes. Thanks, sweetheart. Well, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I love having your uh, insights from the other side of addiction. It's very important because for every one person challenged by addiction, there are an average of five family and friends who are also affected by your addiction. So please know that you are not alone. Thank you so much for listening to us. And if what we say means something to you, then please, by all means, share it with your friends. Help is just to click away at redroofrecovery.com. Remember, there is great power in knowing that the only thing we can control in life is us. So let's remember to be gentle with ourselves. Talk to yourself like you talk to your best friends. May the force be with you. And remember, you are the force.